0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno. Today I'm joined by Catman. Catman is a psychic empath. He's the host of Third Eye Salon, and he's a dear spiritual friend that I've made over the last couple of months. I guess we've known each other, and Catman really helped with coming up with the conception for this podcast because he has his own and he came to IONS and he imparted some of his wisdom on us so that we could have a, you know, the most authentic experience that we could with this podcast. And so I'm really grateful to share space with you today. And we're going to be talking about all things spiritual and I'm going to pass it over to you. And please feel free to share about who you are, how you got here and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here.
1: Of course. Thank you, Betty. Um, I really appreciate you. So, yeah, we were having a really great chat before we started recording, and I think authenticity and this topic of surrendering, of spiritual surrender, are what we're really looking at today. And um, I was sharing with Betty that my experience of my spiritual awakening like it's you know i've had many levels of spiritual awakening it's been something like a like a like tetris where like all the you know the pieces kind of drop in and it's like the spiritual awakening is happening in increments and um we all have uh times for us to experience um our connection with oneness i think well i would say most of us do maybe not everybody but i'd say for a lot of the planet there's we've seated in moments of getting to experience oneness and connecting into oneness. And the lovely Betty got to do that with a Kundalini awakening. And, um, we're going to have her on third eye salon. That's for sure. Um, and you know, the way that it happens for you, the way that it happens for somebody else, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's so different and yet it all comes and connect, reconnects to the same place. And, uh, doing the show, uh, third eye salon for the last two and a half years, I like to say I've been dosing myself with other people's um, oneness, with their experience with oneness, with extraterrestrials and uh, Kundalini awakenings, and all you know, all the parallel realities. And because I'm a psychic empath, I can tune into people as they are telling their story. And it's not just like I am um, listening and analyzing it; it's like I'm empathically on the journey with them. And that's how come I can know something is real is because I can feel it with them. It's it's um their connection to source opens up my connection to source. I mean, that's why we tell these stories. It's why we do these shows, right? We're all looking to come back into this understanding of who we are and why we're here. So uh, I am going someplace specific with this, but I want to kind of give it a little uh, background here in terms of all of us being able to um, wake up and open up into who we truly are. So as I'm watching, you know, people do this around me and people are having these um, experiences, I have them on Third Eye Salon. um, It became my time to uh, give it up. And uh, I went through a really hard patch because I, um, well, I think it's safe to say that if you don't deal with your shadows, your shadows will deal with you. So I had a shadow um, wound in my life that had not gotten uh, rectified. And I was just, I had spackled over it I spackled over it. I had put a nice painting over it. It wasn't there anymore. And so, um, lo and behold, when you do that, you create a blind spot. You create a weakness in your wall, right? And um, so someone was able to get into that weakness, and there was deception, and there was a complete implosion of my life, to be very brief about it, um, on a very core foundational level for me. And um, it was from this point that they were... Crying. I was kicking and screaming a lot. So it took longer than they had hoped. But anyway, um, from this implosion point where I was like, what's real now? Like all the things I believed in, who I am, how I perceived myself, how I perceived my work. Like it it feels so much like betrayal, but it's a breakthrough, it's a breakdown. Like I'm just confused. I'm sort of in a tornado trying to pull myself out and come and come to the other side. And um they finally they had enough and they were like, just you need to quit your job and start doing other things you need to start working on what your mission is while you're here and within that process of of doing that um there was surrender after surrender after surrender and in this process of surrendering there was a reconnection to source and a remembering of my soul matrix and where my soul matrix comes from my my star family and um being able to be a conduit for celestial energy this Incredible love, this unconditional love, wisdom and humor that comes through to reconnect us to Source and reconnect us to our authentic self. And I fought and resisted, and I still have things that you know will come up in terms of feeling like, oh, that's a boundary. Or did you, well, like, like just drama, trying to have drama with God, trying to have drama with God? But you said this, and that happened, and and um them just being like, you know, calm down. This is a relationship. You are co-creating your life. With source, with us, and you you aren't on the recipient end anymore. You're their creator. And part of surrendering is surrendering into your power as your creator, as being the creator of your life and your experience, and surrendering to your accountability as a creator. And um I will say that surrender is <laughs> it is uh it is a the visual I get is one of those water slides where you're like, what? Oh, like you had no idea it was gonna go so fast. It was gonna be so like you know, exciting, scary, you know, wonderful, all of that. And um, but it's so good. So um, even though there are, you know, what we're surrendering is our separation. We're surrendering our um refusal to let God touch that part of us because that part of us is it's profoundly unlovable. And even though everybody else can have it, I can't have it in this particular wound because that wound is is the truth. And, you know, and it's so funny to be a conduit for this loving energy in these celestial attunements, feel this love for them and say, and, and see them, you know, resist it and feel it for them. And then and then, then, Mike celestial say, and you do it too. Did you see, do you remember how you used to do that? Like we would try to love you and how you sometimes will still put up a block because you're afraid to let the love all the way in because you can't control love. You can't force love to do what you want it to do. Love doesn't show up in a way that you get to decide and it's going to love you in ways that you didn't think you were worthy all over and over and over again. And you want to control it and you can't control it because it's love. And that quality of surrender is where we can both be held in the wisdom of source but be held in the power as well. So we are empowered with love and we are guided with the wisdom And we lead that way in the world. And it's okay to trust yourself now. It's okay to trust God. It's okay to trust the world. It's okay to trust your path because there's, the resistance is now kind of a game. It's more of a lesson. It's more of a a mirror than it is a direct experience. I feel like I have gone on into some some sort of a dissertation that I was not expecting to give. Um, Did you want to hop in and uh, reflect on that? (laughs) Oh my
0: goodness. Yes. Yes. I love that. I Totally agree. I was just sort of like in the background, like hitting my chest and resonating so hard. I love what you said about not allowing source into the wound because yeah, and I've experienced that so much, you know, in my own spiritual journey, I'm very authentic, very vulnerable with the fact that I've overcome many addictions. And when I let go of my substance use addiction, I had a lot of things with eating disorders manifest in my life and I thought, well, Source is willing to help me with the substances, but I can't let Source is not going to help me with the food stuff. And it was just this total insanity. You know, like why would Source allow me freedom in one area of my life but not the other? And it was just like an ego trick, you know, my ego was tricking me into thinking that I am not lovable in this one area of my life. And so I can't let, yeah, can't let source into any of it. And I love the idea of surrender. And I'm a member of 12-step fellowship and that's the first step is surrender. And it comes up with spirituality as well. I need to constantly spiritually surrender. I think that I know what's for my highest good, but I don't know anything. (laughs) I'm just this little fraction of this much bigger thing. And I love everything that you said. So I'm curious if maybe you can talk about a little bit, what was the inspiration for you to connect with other spiritual people? Like, what was your inspiration for starting your podcast, for stepping mm-hmm. into your your whole um, spiritual path?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, in terms of the spiritual path, that was something that was really had been with me um, early on. Um, it was through Christianity. But it was definitely with connecting with God. I was connecting with you know Jesus or God. I was connecting with um, some aspect of myself. And I was having these sorts of spiritual awakenings within that context as I was growing up. Um, and also, I remember like an occasion just sitting uh, in algebra class, <laughs> spacing off and my mind just going out and being like, uh, my name isn't my name. I'm something. It's like I, I knew I was something much different than this, and I didn't. I didn't have a context for that. There wasn't any. Well, what I was experiencing, it was just some sort of like my my, you know, some part of me said, "Hello, we're up, we're up here, we're over here," and I, and I had so I had like little little like mm, metaphysical mystical experiences throughout my 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 childhood. Um, so there was always something a fascination there. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a witch. I always wanted, I was always like, I wanted to hang out with Sasquatch. Like I just like, when I was a kid, I was into this stuff, like since I was a kid, like it's just been in me and with me and, and uh, part of me. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, and, and I think then it became like uh, the, at a certain point where it's like, okay, you got to get grounded. You, you've got to get, learn how to, how to learn how to be physical and how do you be here physical and present and do the, Work things and make do the money things and the rent things and the you know the payment things, and it, which I just was never very good at that. I mean, it, finally, eventually, I was very good at it, and then it all imploded. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, now that you've mastered it, we'll take it away. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was just the whole thing. Of, I feel like because my experiences is, is that this is my even though I have a memory of many 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 lifetimes, I'm connected to many lifetimes. This is my actual first soul piercing um, in a physical body um into this in uh, physical world though i have like a library of history in my in my uh awareness um so that's what makes me so uh, accessible and so so real but um <laughs> forgive me so we're coming through this this process of being able to say i'm physical i am also spiritual what's it mean to be a spiritual person it's not this religion it's these connections i've had um, and, that, I, and because of these listening to other people's stories, it validates your story, right? Like when you hear somebody who has a Kundalini experience, you're like, oh, that's what that was. I'm not crazy. And being able to hear other people's stories and empathically tune into them. Like when, when I was li- listening to like people like Karen Swain, she was one of my uh, main people. I would go and listen to her shows and I would tune into the guest's. Uh, experience and I would I was like I'm having a deeper experience than just an, analyzing. Like I want to talk to these people. I want to I want to like connect in. And these are the questions I would love to ask. And because I am empathic, people tend to feel very safe around me, and they tend to you know open up and they easily share. And it's like, well, this is one of your natural gifts is that you know people. You know, as an empath, it's, you have to be very mindful of your boundaries because sometimes people will just come up to you. If you're, if you've had that experience where a complete stranger comes up to you and just spills their beans, and that seems to be a pattern in your life where people just seem to overshare with you. And you're like, (laughs) I'll hold space for you, I guess. That means you're probably an empath. You know, you're an empath, you're an empath if um, that shows up for you. So... um, in that process, um, I would just wanted to bring these people in. I wanted to, to talk to them myself, and my friend Linda Coulter Burge, who um, is such an amazing psychic herself, and I've been like pushing her out of the psychic closet, you know, over the last ten years. I was like, let's just hold hands and jump and do this and have a good time, and let's just finally do it. And um, so she was willing to do that with me, and. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been an incredible experience. Like I say, I've dosed myself with so many other people's awakenings that it definitely, uh, helped, um, facilitate my own awakening.
0: I love that. I, so something you said something, it sparked something for me. I'm curious if you can talk about what was it like when your own psychic abilities came to fruition for people maybe that are watching that maybe their abilities are starting to manifest in their own lives what did that look like for you how did you integrate how did you come out of your uh, psychic closet
1: mm, yeah that's a great question and you know uh we had a really great guest on named um mariah wheatley and she is a dowser and she's a master dowser um she's she's connected to the triple goddess like she's just so rich and juicy and uh, intelligent and she's just oh she's amazing she's in the uk and she gives tours to sacred sites so it was um it was the thing where like i i've been using my psychic abilities on and off like you know for years and some at some points i would really focus and i would really really i could e- i'd even have groups and where we'd practice our abilities together and then other times i'd just kind of be more in a responsive uh place in life and not be quite as active in that area it was just kind of like uh, Yeah, I don't know how to say that other than, you know, sometimes more than others, not always trusting it, learning how to trust it, you know, it it kind of never, that's it, that's it, that's it, not trusting myself. So that's how come I could always keep it like, oh, well, I'm psychic, but I don't really say that. I'd say I'm empathic. I'm empathic, but I don't really say I'm psychic, because that would mean I would have to really come all the way out and trust myself. So the penny just dropped there. Um, So when we had uh, Mariah Wheatley on, she is a dowser, right? So I'm like, well, I gotta get dowsing rods. I'm finally, I'm finally gonna spend the $12 to get you know, copper dowsing rods. <laughs> and um <laughs> it's just so funny what we won't give ourselves, you know? And um so I got these dowsing rods and it became this is what these little babies they're also called divining rods. I call them attunement the rods, but they're what allowed me to extend my empathic ability um and my empathic what I call telepathy, because it's like, it's telepathy, but it's it's done with um, through empathy as well. It's not just like I'm sending a thought. There's a whole vibrational tone to it. So um, I started to use these rods, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start asking what's in my highest good. We were talking about, like, what's in your highest good before the show. So is this in my highest good? Is it in my highest good to be on Betty's show? Okay, good. Would it be in my highest good to... Um, poke myself in the eyeball. Nope. So it says no. So so that was really basic, right? So it became this thing about learning to go out and sense energies, vortexes, and then having this conversation and being able to say, I'd like to be able to connect to my higher self. Can I talk to my higher self? And then as I'm talking to my higher self, I start asking questions about my life about you know where I come from and I start to not just get answers but I'm starting to feel see and remember answers and I've, and I've had flashes throughout my life right like this like I said these this awakening is like coming in these drips and and drops and we all have these experiences of like that was weird that wasn't normal that was you know that's that's part of your greater self coming through and saying hello you're you're connected to something else so then with the rods oh and also well I have to say working with lower light draw um was a big deal because when i was in the process of working with the rods and reconnecting to my higher selves she was able to give me a couple of names for my higher selves and when she gave me those names it unlocked this relationship with them i got to start to explore and examine on this on these other levels and then it became about learning how to collect full fragments of myself and and also then learning how to help other people to do that as well. But basically, it became this big journey where, like, these aspects of my ancestry, both genetic and um, uh, fractal, like my other, you know, the my, my higher selves, many incarnations, these started to turn on in my memory and they started to turn on in my experience. And so some of their abilities would come in, being able to do certain things um, with energy and magic and, you know... Um, consciousness came into uh it's like it's like being re-plugged into your mainframe and there's still switches that are not all the way turned on but like it's it's like this thing where in this process of surrender where we we're 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 willing to give up our identity of ourself and let it be reshaped and let our, our personality be an extension but more of a memory bank as opposed to who we are then your mind starts to be able to access these other things. And you're, you're realizing that you're connected to this greater fractal family. And then once you're connected to that fractal family, then, you know, you're just connected to the warehouse of who you really are. And um, so that's been my experience of um, coming back on psychically. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm turned on more than others. It's, it's on for for specific occasions or, you know, what, what I'm doing. So I'm not, Just an open antenna, but I do have to also be mindful of my energy because it it is easy to process someone else's emotions and and think that they're mine just on the empathic level. How's that? What are some of the
0: tools that you use to kind of discern where your energy stops and somebody else's begins?
1: Mm. A key thing that I learned, I learned this from my friend Linda Coulter Burge, uh, is is this mind? And if I can say, is this mine? And also, what's also really cool, you can do it with your just with, you don't have to do it with rods, but I can do it with the rods as well and and get um, a start to doing an immediate response. And then I can start to tune into whose energy it is. Why am I carrying it? You know, whatnot like this for me, that's how I extend into the energy and and figure out if there's something I need to do with it. Or if it's just not mine, if I was at the airport, there was just a bunch of people, you know. It's like, oh, all that energy at the airport. Then I can say, you know, is this mine? It's not mine. I know it's not mine. Is this mine? And because I'm asking, is it's mine? And and the answer is no, then it starts to, I no longer identify with it as mine. It starts to leave. I mean, isn't that just how life is? If you, if you you identify, if you no longer identify with a problem as your problem, it starts to leave, you know? So that's a one, that's a thing I do all the time. And then, you know, staging is huge. Sea salt baths are great. Um, Epsom salt baths are great.
0: I love that. Yeah. You know, for me, I think that it's really important. I think to share about my own integration tools, the things that I use to cope with the, the changes that are happening to me spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And so When I had my experience, you know, my whole world transformed and I couldn't find any information about what to do now. What do I do now that my whole world is totally different? Like, where are my people who are, you know, where are the voices of people that this has also happened to? So I love that that's something that you do, that you're interviewing people, that you're putting yourself out there with your own experiences and you're sharing about the tools that you use. And I, lo- I love the rod thing. I don't know why I've never heard of that before. Thank you for introducing me to it. That's so cool. It's
1: Are you ancient. into any other it's sort ancient.
0: of t- tools like that? Like, do you do you use tarot cards? Are you into? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I do use cards. Um, it's interesting. It depends on the situation. And again, it's like, because uh, I do attunement sessions where I do energy attunements with people. Um with light language and whatnot and but I also do readings and um sometimes I just open up their little zipper to the Akashic records and get in there and you know like what do they need to know okay I need to tell them this um and then other times my guides will say you know pull some cards so it's it's I'm open to that and I and I think the thing of um learning how to also feel your energy and work with your energy you know whether you're going to do yoga or tai chi or um, you know, something physical, it's so important to get reconnected to your body. It's so important to get reconnected to Gaia. This is, you know, what we're experiencing right now. And my my experience of this experience, uh, it's, you know, source energy is remembering itself by remembering, putting itself back together, saying, I am all of us. I'm, it's source is waking up within all of us. It's why Kundalini is happening. It's why, you know, people are popping open. It's because source is coming back online within us. And um, the ability to surrender to that and just allow it to show up in your life is is what it's all about at this point. And being able to play with your energy, being able to connect with your body, remembering that Gaia is as conscious being that's an extension of source, Like this is us returning to our sacred nature, to our sacred family, and to our sacred state. And we, it's going to show up however it shows up, but just be be willing to be surprised and be willing to be challenged and be willing to be authentic. And let people fall away if they don't get it. And because those people are blocking the people that will get it. You know what I mean? Like you have to have that energy space open for the ones who are going to get it. And if you have other people who you're hanging on to for old times sake, because it's the right thing to do and you have nothing in common with them anymore, you're clogging your your channel and you're doing yourself and them a disservice and you want to go on to your next new experience. So surrender.
0: Uh, that message was directly for me. <laughs> and I'm sure whoever else is watching, it might be thinking the same thing, but it's funny because before we started recording, I was like, I have a feeling that Catman's going to say exactly what I need to hear today. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. I, and, you know, more surrender. How can I make space for new experiences in my life if I'm hanging on to the old ones? And I find that even with my spiritual experience. You know, like my spiritual experience is my sacred experience. This is my beautiful sacred art. And I am very attached to it. And I recognize my attachment to it. And it's become so much of who I am uh, because it's created this whole new being for me. And so I'm very attached to the story. And even that is something that I feel like I need to loosen the grip on so that I can allow new things into my life. So yeah, you said so much. I'm curious if maybe, so like on this podcast, we're opening up the conversation to all metaphysical things, after death communication, spiritual awakenings, transformative experiences, outer body experiences. And I know that you yeah. obviously have a very deep connection to things not non-physical. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a cool story that you wanna share about something that really sticks out in your mind that is a greatly constructed thing that you wanna share with the collective.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I really just like you so much. I just think you're the best. Um, Betty, you really are just the best. Um, so here's a thing that's, (laughs) it's just so weird because I'm saying this out loud. (laughs) I'm going to say it out loud. And, um, but I'm going to own this. Um, there, so I've been connecting, you know, part of this awakening process is connecting back into my celestial, my extraterrestrial family. So on an energetic level, there have been um, some Palladians and Mantis um, showing up and some other um, and some angels there's some archangels hanging out um, and some the Fae folk. There's just like there's this whole myriad of people that, have, that have, are beings, you know, it's collective that we're all connected to. Anyhow, long story long, um, the extraterrestrial beings that we think of as, you know, being alien or out there um, that we think have an agendas for us that we think are invading and invasive. And, or uh, isn't that one ugly? They're terrifying. They're scary to look at. This one's really beautiful, but the mantis are hard to look at. Um, big bugs. And I hate bugs. And so they've reached out to me at a, to initiate a project called the Compassion Project. And when that's going to get started, I don't know. I've been collecting people and collecting stories. And I've been collecting that like on the on the down low, just you know, by happenstance. Um, but um the big thing they wanted to get across is that we're a family. We are your family. The mantis beings are primary in the creation of physical reality. If we didn't have mantis beings, we wouldn't have physicality. They are the conduits of the celestial energy into physical form. And uh, there are so many beings on the planet that have been here longer than us. There are so many people who have been experiencing the Earth uh, narrative longer than us. And when we make black and white snap decisions about somebody on how they look or how we perceive their behavior is because we don't understand them, uh, because we have never got to know them, but we make snap judgments decisions, Decisions about who they are. Think about when someone has done that to us. Well, we do that to them. And they are adamant now that we wake up and realize that they are our extended family. They are our cousins. They are our kin. And we are all part of oneness. And they really are wanting to advocate. The Compassion Project is for us to have compassion for them. Because um, imagine, you know, you've taken someone aboard your ship. (laughs) <laughs> just imagine, just like someone's experience. There's a there, there is Zeta. Like on the other side, there is Zeta. This is Judy Carroll. She's amazing. So she, Judy Carroll is, is, you know, she's human. She lives in Australia. She's a uh, healer, but uh, aboard the ship, she's also a Zeta. And she's on board the ship. She's taking this this nasty like implant out of somebody because it's it's negative. It's not for their highest good. It was done by a negative source. But she's a Zeta, so she's you know she's got the big eyes and you know the, the whole thing. So she's taking you out. The person wakes up, sees her and screams and is horrified, repulsed by her look, you know, just terrified by their look. Imagine like, you know, a little child that's fallen down and you, and you tried to pick them up and take the, the splinter out of their foot and they thought you were a monster. They looked at your face and they screamed because they thought you were so ugly. You know, it's like it's like to be able to reframe how they really are and that they are not better than us they are more advanced in many ways but we're, they're not better they're our kin and um yeah i hope i haven't gone on too much about that but that was something that they i did not expect that to show up in my life i was not looking for it and they literally popped up and were like we're gonna do this and we want you to to bring it out and i was like okay put it on the put it on the agenda we'll we'll get to it but i remember you know 147 but anyway, thank you for asking. And, and that is something that will be coming forward um, at some point in the near future.
0: Thank you for sharing. So there might be some people watching that aren't really familiar with some of the things that we're talking about. So you're talking about right. other kinds of beings, right? So I yeah, yep. want to just give like the little, like a kindergarten sort of introduction to what you mean by other beings.
1: Okay. Well, you know what I'm going to do is, so this is a This is an actual portrait that my friend uh, Jason did. This is a Lyran being. This is a so it looks like like um, uh, that movie Avatar, right? So it's like that. So people who are in the spiritual community are like, oh, Avatar. They totally they totally mind grabbed that from the Lyrans or the Lyrans, depending on how you say their names. But um, there's a whole range of beings that have existed before humans did. And if you go back and research anything about the Anunnaki, for a long time I didn't care about ancient ancient ETs. I was like, no, I just want to hang out with like cool ETs and go cool places. I don't care about our history, blah blah blah. But lo and behold, it turns out like the Anunnaki were instrumental in um, bringing humanity into how it looks and sounds and is today, and they were from the stars, you know. And like, it's 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 just like how we think. Um, someone has died on their other on the other side and we can't see them because they're across the veil. It's it's like that with extraterrestrials. It's like in terms of they're right there. They haven't died. But you know what I mean people who've have died haven't died, right? They're just not there in, in your physical direct experience. And so people who are people who are extraterrestrials <laughs> and they still are people, they're beings, right? Um, they have come from other places, they've had uh, had other incarnations. It, source has expressed itself in a multitude of ways. We're not the only way. So once we realize that we're part of this whole lineage, it's like, gosh, it's it's like when, if you say that there is no God and there are no spirits or are no ghosts and they've blocked all that out. And if you, it's, it's the same thing saying there are there are no ETs there are no extraterrestrials or, or saying that they're all bad. Like, boom, you've blocked it out. You've closed the conversation. You're no longer in relationship to this greater reality. You've decided what reality is. And that might be your ego, my friend. Um, so, being open to extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial energy—it's really part of the continuum. Like the whole, like when I'm in session with and I'm connecting with, you know, my my celestial family, my you know mother and aunt can show up who are deceased, and and an archangel can show up, and they and then and you know a Pleiadian can show up, and we can all be chatting and having a little conversation. It's it's part of the same thing, so. And uh, the Palladians are the, if you don't know what a Palladian is, they're the beautiful Nordics who have the long hair and the model-esque cheekbones. And so, um, but but there's a range. Like, here's some other nice little, like, to me, these would be beautiful blue beings. Um, I would think of them as um, being related to a, a bird energy. So all of the things that we find on our planet, all of, like, the animals, plants, birds, insects. These are microcosms of the macrocosm. They don't just exist here. They're representations of the greater whole. We have to think think of this as like almost like an image library or a reality library where a lot of things are stored here, but they're stored here in minute forms. They're not exclusive to here. It's more of um, a rep- repository for the greater whole. So be open and be willing to be surprised, and you're, you might just have your mind blown.
0: Wow. I've never thought of it that way before. Thank you for sharing that. You just opened my mind up a little bit and I'm trying to think about, yeah, the like bugs, like how you said, like, you know, like we're so disgusted by them, but if the bugs that we have here are representative of something larger, I wonder if there's some sort of like ancient something that happened, like, why are we so disgusted by it here? You know, obviously the name Mm -hmm. doesn't help. It kind of has like a very negative connotation to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think there's a lot of agendas we could explore on other shows at other times. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, I really like the idea of opening up the conversation to all, all of these things because there's so much, you know, like we live in this infinite sea of consciousness. There's so many things to grab at. And for me, and I know for you as well, we're part of a couple of spiritual communities together. And I just want to take a moment just to talk about the fact that at IONS, our groups and events, we also have sharing groups. And this is these are the things that we talk about, the things that you and I are talking about right now. It's a safe place for people who have had near-death experiences, spiritual experiences, outer-body experiences, alien experiences. You know, we talk about this huge range of things because... There is such a large range of things going on in the collective right now, and um, yeah, they're gonna there'll be like a little link right above my head <laughs> to click on it and to join our sharing groups because it's a beautiful community. And you know, if it wasn't for those sharing groups, I wouldn't have met Lorelai, who introduced me to Cat, and like you know, this this whole tumble effect of the squad finding each other, like the tribe finding each other. So maybe you can share a little bit about. Finding members of your celestial family on Earth. I know that you have this great hmm. non physical. What's your process been like finding them here in form?
1: Well, I got in- invited onto your show. I think that was one of the things that happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, it's been interesting. I'm, I'll tell you, like, I'm actually moving from where I'm at physically to another location um to uh, to Iowa to help my dad um in his in his elder years. So I think I'm gonna find um a physical community there. I have not I have not found one here in Denver. It's been the wildest thing. My community is all online. And I know people from I mean here's the other great thing about podcasting is I know people in England, Australia, um, you know, the UK, or I said England, but um New Zealand you know, like there's just it's it's just uh, Vienna, you know, like it's it's great to meet these people and, and have these connections and be realizing that this waking up process is happening all over the planet. So I really, you know, I do encourage people to get involved in community and I encourage you to create community. If you can't find a community that you're you, that you enjoy, create a community in the States. They have something called meetup.com. It's something I've used time and again to create groups. Um, obviously, you can create Facebook groups, but if you want to create something local and physical where you get to meet people, meetup and doc, meetup.com is a great one. Um, but you know, the, the thing for sure that's not going to happen is if you don't take any movement, you're not going to be found. <laughs> like You have to be willing to open yourself up to being vulnerable, and you have to be willing to open yourself up to change, and you have to be willing to be... Willing to be challenged and have some of your beliefs challenged, and um, know that uh, love love should be the anchor in in the community. Look for empathic communities where where they respect each other. You know, what are your values about community? Um, I think I think when you're doing this, don't just reach out in desperation like I'm a lonely star seed and I need to find, or I'm a lonely empath, I'm a lonely, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and lead from your wound, you know, lead from what you deserve and look for quality of community and look for the qualities and the values that you hold being reflected back to you. So that way it's a safe space to genuinely join heart to heart. Wow! I, feel like I go off on these tangents.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I can't think of a better way to end this conversation. That was so perfect. Thank you so much for your willingness to come and share and be vulnerable and authentic. I am so gassed up from this whole conversation this morning. I can't wait to see what the rest of the day holds for me. Thank you so, so much. And we'll have links on how people can c- come and support you and, 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 uh, join your YouTube. And I'm so, so grateful for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to feel more complete about our conversation?
1: Oh, just that you're amazing. I just love what you're doing and I, and I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, check out, uh, the, uh, the links for the, uh, celebration of consciousness. And that's something that's uh, it's a little seed that's starting to burge, burge virgin burgeoning, open. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a little seed that's starting to crack open and bloom. Um, so check out celebration of, of consciousness and, um, meet us there. That's what I'll say. Thank Beautiful.
0: you. Thank you so much, Kat. And, uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Be yes, waiting. You will.